Okay. Shkoyach to Gadi for sponsoring this morning. For you, the whole family. You should only see only nachas and good things. It should be a shanatayv masuka for you. For the whole kilo, all kol Yisrael. Okay, so um, again, once again, I feel so terrible. You're putting Sefer Yeshua on hold again. But Lamaisa, it's, uh, you know, it's basically almost the week of Rosh Hashanah. So you have to begin to, uh, to make a chanas. Okay, so what we're going to learn tonight, what we're going to learn this morning is uh, a certain aspect of, of Shoifer. It's an aspect of Shoifer which maybe goes a little bit unnoticed, but uh, I know that uh, with our over here, he told me, like, what was it last year? That the, the, the Iker trick of really doing Shoifer properly is the breathing, okay? So it was inserted to me, oh, so it must be like, a, it must be an Indian. So the Indian of, that's what we're going to be speaking about, the Indian of breathing with Tkiya Shoifer. Now not only is it a practical aid, evidently, that it helps, but we're going to see that in Halacha, there's a very strong connection and place of, of, that breathing has within Tkiya Shoifer. So that's what we're going to see. So we're going to spend a few minutes on the Halacha, and then like I, like I always say, that the, the Neshama of Torah is speaking through the Guf. So let's see the Halacha, and then from there, we'll see what the, uh, what the Primius is, and what our void is to be makasher ourselves, because you know when you listen to shofar, so you know you're being led to the mitzvah by listening to the shofar. But it's not just a passive thing; you have to you have to embody the Indian of uh, of shofar. So that's what we're going to see the Indian of shofar with the neshimis, with the with the breathing. Okay. So here here's the background. We're going to go a little a little bit out of order, but take a look at Marmokah number three. Okay. So Marmokah number three is a tour in the beginning of Hilcha Shofar, Simen Tafkuf Tzadi. Okay. So the tour over there in the beginning of Shoifer brings down an opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. A little bit of background. We're going to see this soon. We're not going to yet know why, but the, 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 the halach is the following. You know, obviously we know that the, the Torah says you have to blow, there's three sounds according to the Torah, right? There's Tekiah, Trua, and Tekiah. The problem is, as the Gemara says, we're not exactly clear, there's no clear tradition in terms of what a Trua is. It's all different options. Maybe a trua that the Torah says to blow is what we call a trua. Maybe the Torah that when it says trua, it means what we call shvarim, or maybe it's what we call shvarim trua. So we do all three. So we do tashrat, tashat, tarat, all different combinations. So fine. So halach is like this. The halach is we're going to see soon why. But the halach is that before between every blowing. So every blowing, let's say doing a let's say tashat, kia shvarim trua, kia. Or you're doing tara, tekia, shua tekia. The halach is you have to take a breath. The baltekia has to take a breath between each one. So tekia has to have a breath, shua has to have a breath, and the final tekia has to have a breath. Tekia has to have a breath, shvarim has to have a breath, and so on. That's that's clear. That's across the board. The rishonim all agree with that. Again, we're going to see why. It's a debate whether it's ma'akev, but certainly lechatchila, the baltekia takes a breath between each call, between each sound. The question is, what about the sound of shvarim trua? By tashrat, when you're doing shvarim trua, <coughs> is that two breaths, or is that just one breath? Okay? So it sounds like a, you know, a side issue, but we're going to see. Oh, it's going to help? You guys can, uh, okay, fine. Okay, help me. Okay, so take a look at Marmokin number three again. So it says, it says the tour, Kosov Rabbeinu Tam. So this is the background. Rabbeinu Tam said, "The Gimel Shvarim Tzarech Lasaisin V'Nishim Acha." Certainly, when you're doing Shvarim, right? So all three Shvarim should be done with one breath. It's one. It's one sound. Shvarim. Shumakim Trua, because you're blowing a Shvarim, because perhaps that's what the sound of the when the Torah says Trua, that's what it means. 
But says Rabbi Tam, I will give Gimel Shvar Matrua the Tashrat. But if you're up to Tashrat, then you're and the, the Baltake is doing Shvar Matrua. Lo Yavdina Vinishimacha. Says Rabbi Tam, that should be done. That should be done with two breaths. Shvarim Trua. Shvarim Trua. Why? Says Rabbi Tam, the Genuche Vilule Vinishimachas Lo Yavdi Inshi. Because it's uh, whoa, okay. Because it's two separate sounds, right? The Gemara says, for example, that Shvarim and Shua. Well, is that better? Okay, fine. So the Gemara says that Shvarim and Shua. Almost. Okay. So the Gemara says that Shvarim and Shua are two different types of crying, right? There's a Gunuchi Ganach, which is a more of a moaning type of thing. Then there's Yuliol, which the person's like, you know, Mamish lost it. Two different types of crying. And because it's two different types of crying, two different types of sounds, each one needs its own breath. <coughs> That's the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam. But again, so, Tkiyah needs its own breath, Shvarim, Trua, Tkiyah, everyone needs its own breath. That's Rabbeinu Tam's sheet. Okay, but let's get a little bit of background where this is and, and the Chiddush that we see in Rabbeinu Tam because of this. Okay, take a look at Marmaka number one. This is where it's all coming from. Okay, it's the Gemara and Sukkah, okay? <coughs> It's a mission over there. The mission is talking about, it's not talking about Hilkas Rosh Hashanah. The mission is talking about really every single week in the Beis HaMikdash. Erev Shabbos, the Gemara says in the Beis HaMikdash, and throughout, you know, on special occasions, Shabbos, Yontif, and so on, there were tkiyas, there were shofar blowings that were done in order to mark certain, certain points. When it's getting closer to Shkia, all different things, they would blow shofar. So we're not going to get into all the details, but this is what the Mishnah says. That you're never going to have less than 21 blowings in the base of Mikdash, okay, on an average Friday. But you're not going to have more than 48. Okay, so the minimum is 21. Maximum, on like a yantif and so on, is going to be 48. Now, just to explain, where do these 21 blowings come from? So, the 21 blowings are basically three, seven sets of three. Like tkiya, true tkiya, you know? So there would be seven different points in time throughout the day when they would blow tkiya, true tkiya. And seven times three is 21. So it says in Mishnah, it was at least 21, at least 21 tkiyas. Not more than 48. That would be 16 times three. So the average Friday, they would blow seven sets. Again, marking different points in the day and when it was a yontif and so on there was a lot of stuff going on there would be 16 sets of three so that's what the Mishnah recalls them the Mishnah records them as 21 or 48 okay fine seems to be a little bit simple and significant says the Gemara like this the fact that the Mishnah is counting each blow separately and saying that in the base of Migdash on the average day there was 21 and it's counting each blowing separately, and it doesn't just say there were seven, and each blowing means three. It's counting each blow, each coil of tkiya, true tkiya separately, that's not the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya says the Gemara, we have a Bryce, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda says, When Rabbi Yehuda and the Bryce records the same halacha, that in the Beis HaMikdash, there was at least 21 blowings on the average uh, Erev Shabbos, for example, Rabbi Yudah doesn't count them as 21. Rabbi Yudah calls them seven. So basically, again, everyone agrees to the same number, which is there are 21 different sounds, seven sets, right? Seven sets of three, that's 21. 
But the Tanakhama, the Mishnah, calls that 21. And Rabbi Yehuda calls that 7. So what's the machla, I guess? So it says the Gemara like this. Why, why, why is the Tanakhama calling them 21 sounds, whereas Rabbi Yehuda is calling them only 7 sounds? Rabbi Yehuda Savar says the Gemara like this. Rabbi Yehuda holds, now, even though, in other words, everyone knows that a tekiah doesn't sound like a trua, right? And you can't just do a bunch of tekiahs, you can't just do a bunch of truas. Obviously, these are different sounds. But Rabbi Yehuda looks at tekiah, trua, tekiah as one inyan. It's one mitzvah, it's one set, it's one inyan, it's achasi. Therefore, when you're blowing in the Beis HaMikdash, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't count that as 21 sounds. That's seven sounds. It's seven, each set, Rabbi Yehuda counts that as one, it's achas. It's one Indian. It's one mitzvah. It's one Indian. The Rabbanan Savri, the Rabbanan don't go with that. The Rabbanan say, no, no, tekiah luchud, a true luchud. The Rabbanan don't look at a set of tekiah, true tekiah as one unit mamish. Rather, the Rabbanan look at each sound as its own individual mitzvah. In other words, like, how many mitzvahs are there over here? Obviously, umbrella-wise, is one mitzvah of blowing, of blowing shoifer. But how many mitzvahs really are being done over here? Says Rabbi Yehuda, you have to look at each set. Each set is one Indian. It's one Indian. So, for example, in the Beis Hamikdash, how many how many mitzvahs, how many how many shoifers were how many mitzvahs of shoifer were blown on erev Shabbos? Seven, because each set is one inyan. Whereas the Chachamim, that's not how they look at it. Of course, there are seven sets, but each set has three, which means altogether twenty-one. That's the machlokes. Okay, so it sounds like it's just like a semantics thing. Like again, it's just listing. Uh, how, how do you list it? Twenty-one or seven? What's the nafkamina? So it says the Gemara like this. <clears throat> okay, so it's a little bit uh, says the Gemara but there is an afkamina between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yudah whether you conceptually look at a set as achas or whether you look at a set as three and whether you're counting in the Beis HaMikdash 21 sounds or you're counting seven there is an afkamina why? and the afkamina is the opinion of Rav Kahana the Gemara records Rav Kahana said Ein bein means that when on Rosh Hashanah, and there's no longer the base English, on Rosh Hashanah, when you're blowing, let's say, tekiah, trua, tekiah, says Rav Kahana, fast, straight. You can't be mafsik between tekiah, trua, and tekiah. You gotta go fast. You gotta go fast. You can't make a hefsik between a tekiah and a trua, or the trua and the tekiah. Each set has to be done, the basachas. It has to be done right away without any hefsik in between. Keman, so says the Gemara, who is that like? That's Rabbi Yudah. That's like Rabbi Yudah. So says the Gemara, basically, a nafkamina between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yudah is this Nakuda. If you look at one set as one Indian, or no, each sound is separate, the nafkamina is, are you allowed to make a hefsik between each one? Are you allowed to make a hefsik between each one? Or maybe should you make a hefsik between each one? According to the Chachamim, according to the Mishnah, that what? That even though there are many sets that you're blowing throughout Rosh Hashanah, but we don't look at a set as one unit. We look at each sound as one unit, so that means that, uh, that you have to separate. You should make a separation between each sound because each sound is its own Indian. Whereas according to what? According to Rabbi Yehuda, that no, 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 each set is mamish its own Indian, then other Rabbi, you shouldn't make a hefsek. You got to go, you got to go straight. You got to go straight. Okay. Oh, so most Rishonim are going to say as follows. This tells us something in the halachas of taking a breath. How so? Which means, let's go push it. The way we understand is, what's the, what would be the purpose of taking a breath? The purpose of taking a breath is to make a hefzik. So do, are you supposed to take breaths throughout the Kiyosh or not? Well, you read this Gemara, it would sound like, well, it's, this is the Machalikas. According to the Chachamim, every single 
every single sound is its own Indian, and you're supposed to separate between one sound and the other, because like, 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 like the Mishnah records in the Basin English, it was 21. Well, if you're counting 21, it means each one has to have its own little, uh, has to be separate from the other. So therefore, according to Chachamim, you have to take a breath between Tkiah, between Shu, and so on. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, that Adarav, each set has to be seen as one Indian, so therefore, it, Adarav, it has to be done B'nishim Achas. But here's the point. Take a look at Maramokah number two. The Ran over there in, Mesechus, in, in Rosh Hashanah, I'm sorry, the Ran quotes this Gemara, and he says like this, Tzorach Yizor, based on this Gemara, says the Ran, we see a person in the Baltic has to be careful, says the Ran, what you see from this Gemara is that when you're doing Tashrat, and you're doing Shvarim Trua, says the Ran, you see from here, that the Shvarim Trua should be done with one breath. Why? The shvarim v'yevavus l'didan v'adi mitzvah achas nenu k'teki u'tshul Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Ran like this: the whole machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, which is again the machlokes is should every do we look at the unit as uh, do we look at one set as one inyan or do we look at it as a set as three different parts t'kiya t'shul t'kiya? And the nafkamina is should it be done b'nishima achas or should it be done with a number of nishimas? Well, says the Ran, one second. Rabbi, we, we, we always want to minimize machloikasin. So it says the Ran like this. The whole machloikas is whether or not, when you're talking about with one, with whether one set is considered to be achas or not. But even according to the Chachamim, which is how we hold, that one set is not achas. You have to look at a tekiah by itself and a trua by itself and a tekiah by itself. But that's all when you're talking about tekiah, trua, and tekiah. But when you're talking about doing a shvarim trua, why do we do shvarim trua? Because maybe that's what trua means. So if Rabbi Yehuda says the kia trua tkiya is achas, even if we disagree about that, but we'll certainly concede that shvarim trua is achas. Because why are you blowing shvarim trua? Because that's one. Because you're you're in that in in the, in the world of that set, shvarim trua is one mitzvah. Because when you're when you're blowing tashrat, how many mitzvahs are you accomplishing? Three. You're doing a tkiah, that's one mitzvah. You're doing shorim trua, that's another mitzvah. And then you're doing a final tkiah, that's another mitzvah. The whole machlaikis between the Chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda, says the Ran, is what? Is whether an entire set is one mitzvah, or whether a set is broken down into three mitzvahs. But that middle piece of, doing sh- of, of, of what trua means, sometimes you're doing it as a shorim, sometimes you're doing it as a trua, and sometimes you're doing it as a shorim trua. But whenever you're doing it, you're doing it for one mitzvah, which is the trua part of what the Torah says to do is trua. So if Rabbi Yehuda, what we see from Rabbi Yehuda is that whenever you're doing a sound, which, is, which you're doing it because this is one mitzvah, then it needs nishimachas, it needs one breath. So although we disagree with Rabbi Yehuda about tkiah and trua and tkiah, but when you, zone in on, when, you, when, when you zone in on trua, whatever trua set you're doing, you're doing it because of the mitzvah of trua. That means it's one mitzvah. If it's one mitzvah, it should be done b'nishimachas. So again, says the Ran. A person in the Baltikeh therefore has to be careful that although Tekiah needs its own breath and the final Tekiah needs its own breath but whatever you're doing for Trua in the middle which you're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah of Trua that needs one breath it needs just one breath because whatever sound you're doing over there you're doing it for the single mitzvah of Trua even if you're doing Shvarim Trua you're doing it for Trua you're doing it for that middle, for that, for that, uh, middle sound that the Torah calls one the Torah calls Trua so he says again, uh, because when it comes to shvarim trua for us, 
just as Rabbi Yehuda holds that tkiya, true tkiya is, uh, is one mitzvah, we disagree about that, but certainly we'll concede that true is one mitzvah. And so whatever you're doing for true, it's one mitzvah. And if it's one mitzvah, it needs to be done bin That's what you see from Rabbi Yehuda. And just as Rabbi Yehuda, we see that whatever is considered one mitzvah should be done quick, without a hefzik, which means not even with a hefzik of a breath. Like the Gemara says in Sukkah, so too, the Shoran Shua for us, which the mitzvah which is certainly one mitzvah. So we see from Rabbi Yehuda, when something is one mitzvah, it should be done without a hefzik. And the Mela, when you're doing Shuram Shua, you can't do it with a hefsek, which means you can't do it with a breath in between. That's the Ran. That's the Ran. So this is the sheet of the Ran. This is the sheet of the Ramban. Chach, Mesfard, even some Ashkenaz Rishonim as well. That the halacha is, that we pass them like the Chachamim, which means that Tki is its own mitzvah, true is its own mitzvah, and Tki is its own mitzvah. So Tki needs its own breath, the other Tki needs its own breath, and so on. But the middle mitzvah, which is trua, whatever it is that you're blowing for trua, whatever version it is, whether it's shvarim, whether it's trua, whether it's shvarim trua, that's one mitzvah. And if it's one mitzvah, it needs to be done quick. And, if, and quick means without a half sick, it means with one breath. That's the opinion of the Ran, and that's the Ramban. But as I started with, Rabbeinu Tam is not like that. Rabbeinu Tam said in Maramukha number three, again, we'll just chaz it over quickly, chaz of Rabbeinu Tam, the tour brings down from Rabbeinu Tam, no. The Gimel Shvarim Tzarech Lasaisim Benishim Achas Shulvakim Trua says the Rabbeinu Tam Maskin. When you're doing Shvarim, Avada, one Shvarim should be done with one breath, or one Trua should be done with one breath, one Tki obviously with one breath. Avo Gimel Shvarim Utrua, but when you're doing Shvarim Trua the Tashrat Lo Yavdi Benishim Achas, you don't do it with one breath. The Ganuch Avilu Benishim Achas Lo Yavdi Enshi because there's two different sounds. One is Shvarim and one is Trua. It can't be done Benishim Achas. That's Rabbeinu Tam. Now take a look at Maramok number four. The Ran over there, again in Rosh Hashanah, brings this Rabbeinu Tam, and he brings the Ramban, who again, based on the logic that the Ran said, disagrees with Rabbeinu Tam. Listen to the words of Ramban, the Ramban disagrees. Again, why? The same logic. I don't know what you're talking about. It, it sounds differently. So what if it sounds differently? The true Achasi. You're doing Shur and Shur for the, for the same mitzvah. It's the mitzvah of Trua. Ve'en roi lahasik And because, and if it's one mitzvah, you can't be masik. I it sounds different. Shvarim sounds different than Shua. Wait a minute, it's not going to be any, it's not more different than a Tkiyah is from a Shua according to Rabbiuda. Says the Ramban, you can't just say, oh, it needs, it needs its own breath because it sounds different. Well, according to Rabbiuda, certainly Tkiyah, Shua, Tkiyah sounds different. And Afal Pike, he said that whatever is considered one mitzvah should be done without a hefsik. Even though Tekiah, certainly Rabbi Yehuda and his base marriage, Tekiah was not the same as a Shua, but Lemaisa, Rabbi Yehuda held, whatever is one mitzvah, you do without a hefzik. So even if we disagree with Rabbi Yehuda that Tekiah and Shua are two different mitzvahs, but Shua is one mitzvah, so whatever you're doing for a Shua, as different sounds as you might be making, it's not going to be any more different than a Tekiah is from a Shua, according to Rabbi Yehuda, right? So the point is, from Rabbi Yehuda, we see this cloud that whatever is one mitzvah, you can't make a hefzik. And if you can't make a hefzik, it means you can't take a breath in between. Finished. So says, says, the, Ramban, says the Ramban, again, uh, just as Rabbi Yehuda, a tkiah and a trua are different sounds, but nonetheless, Rabbi Yehuda says you still have to make them with one breath, because it's one mitzvah, despite the fact that they sound different, so the same thing with our shvarim true. They might sound different, but even we would concede that a shvarim true is one mitzvah. And so if it's one mitzvah, 
you can't be masik, and if you can't be masik, you can't, you can't take a breath. So this is the question, this is the Pell on Rabbeinu Tam. Again, so this is the, just a breakdown. Again, what we see from the Mishnah and the Gemara and Sukkah is a principle. The principle is that whatever is considered to be one mitzvah, it cannot be done with a hefzik. You have to do it straight. What's considered to be one mitzvah? So that was the machlok, it's between Tanakam and Rabbi Yudah. The Tanakam has said, you know what one mitzvah is? An entire set, that's one mitzvah. And even if a tekiah sounds differently than a trua, if it's one mitzvah, you can't be mafsik between, and in one set is one mitzvah, you can't be mafsik. The Chacham disagree. We hold not like that, we hold, no, 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 no. Tekiah is a mitzvah, trua is a mitzvah, and tekiah is a mitzvah, which means that Adarava, you should separate between them. But when it comes to the middle trua, Say the, the Ran and the Ramban, well, one second. Whatever you're blowing for Shua, even we would agree that that's one mitzvah. And if it's one mitzvah, you can't make a hafsik. And if you can't make a hafsik, you're not allowed to take a breath in between. Therefore, says the Ramban and the Ran, well, that means that when the, when the Baal is blowing, he should take a breath for a tekiah, and he should take a breath for a shvarim, and he should take a breath for a tekiah. But when he's blowing tashrat, he should take one breath for shvarim Shua. Because Shvarim Shua is being blown to fulfill one mitzvah of what the Torah calls Shua. And if it's one mitzvah, no hefsik. And if it's no hefsik, you can't take a breath. Sounds pretty simple. So what's Pshan Rabbeinu Tam? That's the fellow of Rabbeinu Tam. So Rabbeinu Tam says, no, 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 I don't care if it's one mitzvah or not. If it's Shvarim Shua, two sounds, you have to take two breaths. I don't get it. I, I thought you, but if, if it's one mitzvah, you can't be masik. And if you can't be masik, why are you taking a breath? Here's an akuda. Everyone agrees, the Rabbeinu Tam agrees, Avada, that if it's one mitzvah, you can't be mafsa. Avada, that's what you see from the Gemara. And Rabbeinu Tam would agree. If you're blowing shvarim trua, because that's what a trua is, and that's one mitzvah, certainly you can't be mafsa between shvarim trua. But here's the point. Rabbeinu Tam doesn't believe that taking a breath is for the purposes of just separating. See, the Ran, the Ramban, they're all coming with a certain assumption, which is that why would you take a breath b'chlal? What's the purpose of taking a breath? The whole Indian of taking a breath is to separate. It's to say, no, no, this is one Indian, stop. New Indian. And therefore, say the Ran and the Ramban and so on, well, the whole Indian of taking a breath is to be mafsik. That's the whole point. So says the Ran and the Ramban, well, one second, if it's mitzvah achas, you're not supposed to be mafsik. But this is where Rabbeinu Tam disagrees. Rabbeinu Tam says, avada, you're not supposed to be mafsik between something that's one mitzvah, even if it's different sounds. But says Rabbeinu Tam, that's not why you're taking a breath. You know why you have to take a breath between tekiah and shua? Not to separate. It's because, according to Rabbeinu Tam, the definition of the sound of a shoifer is with a breath. The breath that you take is not in order to separate between sounds, and then you could start making the argument, well, maybe these sounds shouldn't be separated. That's not why you're taking a breath just to be mafsik. You're taking a breath because that's in halacha, that's the definition of the sound of a shoifer. That in order for something to be called a tekiah, it has to have its breath. If something to be called a trua, it has to have its breath. The point of the breath that you're taking is not to separate. The point of the breath that you're taking is because that's part of the defining factor of any sound of a shoifer. When the Gemara said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, for example, that the set is one mitzvah, and therefore it has to be done... But it has to be done a, 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 without any hefsik. According to Rabbeinu Tam, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking breaths in between. It means that besides the breaths, you shouldn't be just be sitting there for a few minutes, making, you know, whatever it is, uh, doing something else. But as far as breaths, says Rabbeinu Tam, 
Breaths are not a hefsek. The point of taking a breath is not to separate. The point of taking a breath is because that's required in terms of the sound of the shoifer. Every sound comes with its partner breath. That's the definition of the sound of the shoifer. Take a look at Maramukha number 5, Rashi, and Mesecha Sukkah, on that last line, I guess, I guess before we see the Rashi, take the last line of Maramukha number 1, remember the Gemara said, Kaman Ozla Hodom Rav Kahana, right? That statement to Rav Kahana, that ain't been tequila truva like klum. That a tequila truva, an entire set has to be done without a half sick, says the Gemara, Kaman Krabi, that's Rabbi Yudah, right? So until now, the Ran, the Ramban, all the Sfarthish Rishani were saying, what does it mean without a half sick? It means without a breath. Because what's the point of a breath? The, boy, the breath is a half sick. And according to Rabbi Yudah, it should be done without a half sick. Take a look at Maramuk number five, Rashi. Loiklum, says Rashi, that according to Rabbi Yudah, an entire set should be done without a half sick. Loihayamasik bintayim. You can't be masik bintayim. You can't be masik between them. Elokidei neshima. Besides a breath, of course. Besides a breath, of course. So says Rashi, even in Rabbi Yehuda, that holds that, it's, that an entire set is one mitzvah, right? A set is one mitzvah. And because of that, you can't be masik between them. Says Rashi, one second. I mean, that, that means you can't start, play, you start, you can't start playing uh, canasta between uh, Tiki and Shua. But in terms of taking a breath, Avada, I know it's an, it's an old man type of game, but, it, but in terms of taking a breath, Avada, you have to take a breath. That's, that's not, that's not a, the reason why you're taking a breath is not to be mafsik. And then if it's one mitzvah, don't do that. You're taking a breath because dust is the Indian. That, the, the sound of a shoifer requires, the chal, I'm going to put it in this line, the chalois shame kol shoifer. <laughs> The, 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 the definition of the sound of a shoifer requires that it has its own maisa nishima. Just like there's, there's halachas in place in terms of what, what a physical shoifer is supposed to look like. There's halachas in place of what the sound is supposed to sound like. There's halachas in place in terms of the maisa of creating that sound. And the maisa that required in creating that sound is a maisa of breathing. That, that's, it's, 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 it's a part and parcel of the sound itself. It's not for the purposes of being masik. And so this is a fundamental machlokes. Therefore, says Rabbeinu Tam, no matter whether you count it as one mitzvah or not, that's only relevant to whether or not you're allowed to be masik in between. But it has nothing to do with whether you're taking breaths. The breaths that you're taking are not in order to be masik or not to be masik. It's its own inya. It's a separate concept, which is that the maisa blowing the maisa of creating the sound of the shoifer, whether it be a tkiah, trua, or whatever, whatever the sound that you're making, that's the, 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 the creation of that sound requires its own neshima. Therefore, says Rabbeinu Tam, even if you're fulfilling the mitzvah, right, even if you're fulfilling, yeah, so therefore, says Rabbeinu Tam, even when you're fulfilling what? The one mitzvah that the Torah says is trua, but if the sound that you're producing to fulfill that mitzvah is shvarim trua, Two separate sounds, if it's a, when you're creating two separate sounds, even if you're fulfilling one mitzvah, it requires two nishimas. It's a, it's a chiv, it's a din in the, the mice of creating the kol shoifer. The kol needs a sound. Adkan. Okay. So this, this, is, this demands an explanation. What's, the, what, what, what's, this, what's this side over here? What's the, what's the panemius of this? We've all heard of the sound of the shoifer, it's poil, it does amazing things. But now we're seeing from Ben Tamachidish. That it's not just the sound. The sound requires an act of breathing along with it for it to be defined as a proper kol shayfer. Why? And by, so halach By the way, I should... I should halach l'maysa. Right? So halach l'maysa... So the Shulchan brings down both opinions. It's not, you know... So halach l'maysa. The Ramah paskins primarily like Rabbeinu Tam. Primarily like Rabbeinu Tam. That every sound should be, have its own neshima. Practically speaking, the minig by most of Klai Yisrael, by Ashkenazim, I don't know by Svardim, but at least by Ashkenazim, the minig of most... 
Kehilas is, is that the first 30 sounds, the first the Kehilas Tamiyosha, the Kehilas that we make before Shemines, right? That's done like the Ramban and the Ran, B'neshima Acha. So in other words, Tekiah is its own breath, Shvarim is its own breath, Tekiah is its own breath, like Tashat is three breaths, Tarat is three breaths, but Tashrat, when you're doing Shvarim Chua, Shvarim Chua is one breath. That's the Minig by the first 30. And beyond that, the rest of the Tekiah that you're blowing, once Musaf begins, the Minig is to go like Rabbein Atam, which is what? Which is, which is to do Shtei Neshim, that Shvarim Chua, is separate, is separate, okay. That's the general minig. Maybe if you have time, we'll see what the theme of that is, why, because if you think about it, um, in the Kavanis, the way, the way uh, according to the Kavalim, the, the, the sounds of the shofar that we're blowing during Shemonesre, again, whatever the minig is, Shlosh Shemonesre, whatever it is, beyond the first 30, those are a much, much higher, much deeper, much deeper. And so it's interesting, you have to think about this. Dafka then is when we're makbin, where we keep our benetam shita. Okay, so let's, let's understand this. What's the relationship between shoifer and, uh, and, uh, and, and the breathing? Okay, so take a look at Marmok number six. This is a piece from the Kutamara. Now, Rav Nachman over here, in piece Ayin Ches, is not talking about shoifer, but he is talking about breathing. Okay, a little bit of a background. What's the name of shoifer? So you don't have to open up too much for him to... To, to associate shoifer with one particular word. What's the word that shoifer is related to? It's tshuva. <laughs> As the Ramam says, right, right? Why do you blow shoifer? Even though it's exerzakasav, everyone knows the Ramam says, or yishimishinashem, to wake a person up. There's, um, by, by uh, Svardisha, not all Svardisha places, but by, by Mekubalim, Svardisha Mekubalim, we have a minig, there's, um, there's like a letter from the Rashash, that the Rashash wrote. It's very, it's interesting, because it's not, it's very not uh, Rashash style, you know? But the Rashash wrote a letter um, about, I don't, I don't know if he wrote it, or maybe he said it once and it was recorded, whatever it is, uh, like a shmooze that he gave before Tekiah Shaifer. And it's very, uh, it's not, it's, it's much more chesidish, happens to be, where he talks about like, the, the, like what you're supposed to be feeling when the sound of the Shaifer happens and how the Shaifer is just a misa, but really it's supposed to evoke a certain emotion and a certain place in the nefesh, which is classic what chesidish is about, but it's interesting. And it's a whole thing. And the minute by by Sradish, by, by certain Bati Medrash, is that they read this before the Tkiyas. So and it's not so difficult, it's not so it's Mamash uh, and the whole the whole theme of that of that uh, shmuz basically is that the Indian of Shaifer is true. The Indian of Shaifer is true. When you hear the sound of the Shaifer, and each sound is different, but the Indian of the Shaifer is to to uh, to awaken within oneself a desire to come closer to Hashem. You have to get specifics with certain types of mitzvah, certain types of tshuva. He says not. The Rashash says the Indian is bechlal to do tshuva for l'shem shemaim in order to redeem the shechina that the Rebbeinu's presence should be should be revealed in the world. That's the ikar tshuva during the kiyah shayfer. It's tshuva, okay. But here's the nakuda: whenever a person is doing tshuva, there's a certain energy that's released within themselves, and that in the svarmak is called an energy of rotsai, an energy of running of running upward, of running towards the Rabbani Shalom. But there's always, there's always a, a concern or a, um, a negative side effect that comes with the avayda of running towards the Rabbani Shalom. When a person is on fire, it comes with the midah of like fire, you know, passion and fire, fire also goes up. Whenever fire is released and there is a, say it's good we have a mic, yeah? So whenever fire is released, and, okay. Close the door. So whenever fire is, whenever that energy of tshuva is released, so what happens? 
there's always a negative, a possible negative side effect, which is that maybe the person is going to become someone that becomes um, anti-people, an anti-physical life, an anti-this world. He's, he's, what he's trying to escape from is Olamazi, he's trying to run upward. When you're trying to run upward, very often it's two parts. It's running towards something, running away. So the person is thinking, all these inyanam of my life and everything that makes me human has been dragging me down. And so I'm trying to do tshuva, I'm trying to get away with, with, from that, and I'm trying to become a better person. But deep down in the back of the mind, there could be a feeling of what? Of I don't, I don't want, I, I'm disgusted with that part of myself that is human, that is makosha to this world. That avoid of rotsai. That avoid of rotsai can come with it a certain rejection of being, being a healthy, well-adjusted person of actually living in this world. So whenever you have a rotsai, there always has to be a counterbalance of what? Of cooling down that fire and be mechazed the person by saying that avad you have to come close to Hashem. But you know what the Rebbe Hashem wants of you? The Rebbe Hashem doesn't want a malach. The Rebbe Hashem doesn't want you to escape this world. The Rebbe Hashem wants you to realign your thinking and to get better in tune with what the purpose of life is. But the Rebbe Hashem wants you to then go back down to this world and to do mitzvahs maisiyas. And to do physical things and to live in this world, to daven, and to, and to say words of Torah, to do chesed, to do, to, to, to make this world the dear betachtoinim. So a person's going back to heaven, and the Rebbe says, oh, Shalom Aleichem, welcome back. Guess what? Turn around and go back down. But now go back down with your head on straight. But that's the tachlis of rutz, that's the like rutz of running, but at the same time, shayv, of always knowing even while you're running what the purpose of that is. That the purpose of going up is to gather strength to then come back down. So it says Rebbe like this, and this is the Indian, I'll say it outside, this is the Indian of breathing. Breathing means, even on a very simple level, breathing means that you're living. Like I'll give you an example. I'm blowing shoifer like during, you know, uh, by chakras. I'm noticing that it's very hard to take a breath. <laughs> it's very hard to take a breath. It's like there's a, there's a, there's a, just to, just to keep on going. But when you do that, you know, you lose your breath quickly. And then when you lose your breath, it's like you're almost dying a little bit, right? So breathing already means that you're coming back to life, that you're anchoring yourself in physical life. So it says Renach like this, when a person's alive, it's because of breathing, right? That's what sustains life. And what does it mean to breathe? Right? You're taking in air and, and, and expelling air. That's what breathing is. We'll just go through Renach puts a Vizel, and the meaning of that, this is connected to the Pasuk. The first, there's a klal, whenever you want to understand something, look at the root, look at the first place it's mentioned. The first Pasuk that has something to do with movement of air, which is a breathing inyan, is that Pasuk of Ruach Elokim, and it's associated with water, with water. The hovering wind of Hashem on the water. Hainu, what does that mean? Kishaloy Torah. It means, says Rav Nachman, that the purpose of breathing is to give you the ability to learn Torah. What, what does it mean learning Torah over here? So Rav Nachman, we're going to see in a second, learning Torah means to take the ideal and the, the mission of running towards God and to package it in letters and to package it in practical things and to realize that my, my exercise of running towards God, I'm really not trying to escape reality. I'm trying to realign myself with truth in order to then redeem reality. And that's what it means, Torah mitzvahs. Torah mitzvahs means taking a, taking a fire, but packaging it, that it should be, it should be, there should be kalim for it. 
and it should be alive and healthy. There should be a breathing. See, let's say Rabbi Nachman says, "I know Kishalom Yitarki, Mayim Zutarki." Do we know water is Tyra? Azai Veruach Lakim Archefes Vechayfef Olav Veshayef Ruach Chayim. And this is what it means to breathe. To breathe means to bring life into oneself. Kibloy Tariyev Shalichyes. And Tyra and Mitzvahs is the way that a person lives. What does he mean? Kamei So He says like this again with Rabbi Nachman. You have to sort of have patience to go through the piece, and then things begin to be put together. Kamei So it says in the Zara Kaddish. Listen, I don't know, listen, uh, doctors might uh, not understand this, but I don't care. It says in the Zara Kaddish, if it wasn't for the lungs, the Nashve Aliba, which when you breathe, the lungs expand and, comp- and cover the heart, then the heart would burn the entire body. In other words, the Zara Kaddish is telling us that a function of breathing is not just to bring in oxygen and to oxygenate the blood. It's, the Zara Kaddish calls that cooling down the fire of the heart. The heart is on fire. It says in Pasuk, yavin vishav. The heart will understand and you'll do tshuva. The heart is always associated with that quality of tshuva, which is ratzai, running. The heart is on fire. But it says the Zara Kaddish, if the, fi- if the higher, heart is on fire, the whole body could be consumed in that fire. And then all of a sudden the person is like uh, in a view. All, all they're doing is running and they're consumed by a fire. Says the Zara Kaddish, that's when you have to breathe. Because breathing of the lungs calms down, it cools down the fire of the heart. That's what the Zara says. If it wasn't for the lungs, the Nashra Liba, which, which sort of fans and cools down the heart, the heart would burn the entire body. And the Zara Kaddish says in Parashas Pinchas that the lungs are connected with water. And water means Tyra. So what does it mean, Tyra? Not just like learning Dafya, I mean, Tyra means a, a packaging, a, 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 a lifestyle of Tyra Mitzvah, a human, down-to-earth, practical lifestyle of Avodah Hashem. Hashem So says Rav Nachman, because when a person's heart is, is on fire with their Rabbanish Lailam, Shari, then it could be that they'll completely burn up their entire body, meaning that they'll reject, that they'll all of a sudden become someone that doesn't smile, and become someone that, doesn't, that isn't able to appreciate a joke, someone that doesn't even like food, or someone that, that's, that's repelled by dealing with people. That, that's, that's, a, that's what it means when the heart is on fire and it's burning up the whole body. That's not the tachlis. But when you take that fire and you cool it down with the lungs, with breathing, and sort of you package it, in letters that are real and tangible, letters of Torah and letters of Tzila, Magenes Matzelosov, that protects a person and makes a person be able to function in the world. But more than that, not just function, that's the Tachlis. The Tachlis is Ratzay Vishayv. And that running, returning, is itself breathing. That's the, that's the movement of breath, of taking in and taking out, of running and returning. But even running is for the purposes of returning. V'chein Chas And Nachman says the same thing as the opposite. Kishabayur al Taivas Oilam Hazah, so let's say the fire, the heart is on fire for other things. So you know, the nature of, of Torah and mitzvahs is that it cools down fire. Sometimes that fire is a holy fire of tshuva that needs to be cooled down. And sometimes it's an unholy fire that also needs to be cooled down. But either way, Torah and mitzvahs, practical, down-to-earth ways, has a way of cooling to lungs. It's breathing. It has a way of cooling down that fire. If it's, could be, it's, sometimes it's a holy fire that needs to be cooled. And sometimes it's an unholy fire that needs to be cooled. Let's the heart is on fire with not, not good things. A person can be consumed by that too. 
But then when you learn, you do a mitzvah, something, again, grounded and practical and real, then the neshama is reminded of the fact that everything it's been looking for in heaven is actually found down here in an even deeper way. And the heart calms down. And then you can live, because you're breathing properly. And so based on this, this is the sight of what it means to breathe with Kiyashayfer. The whole of Shayfer is what? Is Tshuva. The whole of Shayfer is Levava Yavn Shav, that the heart should be on fire. And that's the Indian of Shoifer. That's why in the, the Kavanis, there's, there's a big discussion made of how the fact that the face of the Baltikeya becomes red when he blows Shoifer. It's like, a, look, it's, a, it's just a, it's a reality, you know, it's a thing, that person becomes red. No, it's, it's Kavanis with that. It's a reddening of the face of the Baltikeya. There's a fire that's being ignited and it's being, that's being uh, uh, inflamed by the sound of the Shoifer. And when you're davening, and you're listening to the shayfer, that's what you're davening for. That I should become inspired, I should become a fire, I should be a yid that wants to return to you. That I, that I should want to return to you. But at the same time, the Baltikei is makbid, that he's blowing the shayfer with a breath. Because what you hear is just the sound of the shayfer, which is that fire. But the Baltikei, who's, 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 who's in charge of making sure that he's igniting all the hearts on fire in the kehila, but he has to make sure as well that it's not a fire that consumes. So he sends out the cold shoifer with a breath. And this is the sight of the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam, that the sound of a shoifer is what? The sound of the shoifer, the definition of the sound of the shoifer is that it's with a breath. Because without that breath, it's a consuming fire that's destructive. The holiness of shoifer is to do tshuva, but tshuva means to be, to be constructive and to be healthy and well. That demands, this, that demands a nishim, that demands a breath. This is why I mentioned before that we're makbin Rabbeinu Tam, when it comes to the kiyos of Musaf. When you ascend, when you get to higher madragas, so there's even more of a concern of that fire becoming overwhelming. And Adarabha, the simon of real depth in Avadis Hashem, real deep, real deep growth, is the more, like I mentioned this before, uh, the litmus test of whether you know that you're really growing and really doing tshuva healthfully, is are you becoming a nicer person? Are you becoming a more humble person? Is your Ahavas Yisrael growing? Is your patience growing? So when you're moving from Shachris to Musaf, right, the Tkiyas to Miyoshev, Apisoid, are more related to Shachris, and the Tkiyas beyond that are more related to Musaf. Shachris versus Musaf are, are these two stages. Like in the initial, like sort of, Kiviyachal, immature stages of Vodis Hashem, it's like, I'm going to buy a Garthal, right? I'm going to start wearing a black hat all the time, and I'm going to, you know, whatever. It, it, more superficial signs of growth that usually are associated with separating between you and certain deficiencies and maybe certain people. That's necessary in the beginning. It's a shachas beginning. When you get to Musaf though, Musaf is taking it to the next level. Musaf is, is, is pneumistic growth. Pneumistic growth is that all of a sudden Ratzai is defined based on its shayv. And the running is defined based on its returning. And the purpose of your running is in order to become more of an Ayv Yisrael and more of a, a, a humble person. Someone that's more, that's more that's more driven by the mission of making this world a dear betachtainim. That's what Musaf means. That's the, that's the height, that, 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 that's, the, that's the addition of Musaf over Shachris. It's Dafkin and Musaf that were mocked like Rebbein Tam. Dafkin and Musaf. Just to end off very quickly, it's already late, but just to end off Mamish, my, number seven, there's also a piece in the Kudr, Marmok and number Ches. And he talks about, this is a famous uh, Torah that Rav Nachman says, about Krechzing. Jews Krechz, right? Especially Ashkenazim, Krechz. So it says like this, the whole month I'm bashing Ashkenazi. Right? So we have to, it's putting down Ashkenazi. It's, it's, we cast ourselves to start them. They know El. So it's like this. So, so it says, you should know that a, a Jewish krechs 
is very precious. Amazing thing. He says, when a Jew krechs, when you krech, then what? That's, that, that's fixing something. It's, it's making something that was deficient, making it whole. The world was created with Hashem's breath. Breath means things becoming more alive, more settled, more settled. Things down here becoming, becoming filled, becoming stable. That's how we live. We live with a breath. If there's something missing in a person's life, if there's something deficient in a person's life, it means that the light of the Rabbanu Shalom is in Ratzay mode. It's in Ratzay mode. It's running away from that particular place. Like, I, like I've mentioned before, any area, wherever the Rabbanu Shalom is, that place blossoms and that place is, is mamish alive. If there's any particular aspect of a person's life where it doesn't seem to be alive, it means that the Rabbanu Shalom's light over there is going the wrong way. It's going up. So what's your avayda? Your avayda is vis-a-vis that particular place in your life, shayv, to bring the Rabbanu Shalom's light down. What's the avayda of shayv? To breathe. So what's a krechs? A long breath. A long breath. Uh, taking a long breath is by its very definition a tikkun to that particular Indian. And what is it when a Jew krechs? What they're saying is, ah, you know, Saying, uh, like, I wish something, you know, it would be better. So it, it, it's a tefillah, which is really sort of like, you know, going upward. But the, the mice that you're doing to express that feeling of longing towards something is an act of breathing, of elongated breath. So he says, uh, so he says, third, third line in, the last, towards the end, and a, and a, a krechs, that's a, it's, it's an elongated breath. So you talk about like by Yugamitz Rachman, the Ravanshim was Erechapayim, a long, what does Erechapayim mean? Long breath. It's long breath. It means there's a kayach in the, in the breather. Ravanshim created this phenomenon of giving us the ability of having elongated breath, of bringing life into the world. That avoid of shayf. Dainumarech ruche. Valken kishibasvaneach al chasarin. So when you krechs over something wrong in your life, umarech ruche, and you extend the breathing over that inyan, mamshich ruche and chasarin. You're bringing life into that particular spot. That itself is misakinim, and that's the that's the breathing of the sound of shayfer. It's, it's a krax. That's what it is. It's a krax. So we want to take away the hanocha by the revanshim filling it. Then we could breathe comfortably, right? So we say, you know, for example, by by, by Mitzrayim, it says loishamol moisha, bikaitzer ruach moy the kash. was a short breath. They couldn't breathe properly. There's not a lot of breathing. That's the symbol of galus. You're rejecting your life. You can't stand your life. So you try to get away from it. You can't. So you're not breathing. Breathing is a way of showing a sense of Yishodas. I'm like, this is where we're supposed to be. And we're going to do the best we can to make this place a Tirvah Taftain. And that's how I do no. So Hashem should help us. She's like to listen to the sound of the shaifer, that the heart should be on fire. But remember, the purpose of that fire is for that to be packaged in Oisya Satar, in Oisya Satila, in Maisa Mitzvahs, to make this world a Tirvah Taftain, a world that's on fire, but not a destructive fire, a fire that builds, a fire that's, that's cooling, that's warming. That's the that's Avaidah. No. She's like to. Uh, to do their own lives and to hear the sound of the shepherd properly and should be Paul Yeshua on all levels. If he is called Sadek and here remain, Amen.